Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. This is the skin of a podcast, Bella. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What antiques are we talking about this week? Well, Ken, um, I wanted to invite you into a little thing I like to do at, at the end of the old year, beginning of the new year. To see what trends people are predicting for antiques and collectibles, in this case, in 2024. I'm shocked that this is a thing people do. (laughs) So was I the first time I found out about it, and that's why I do it every year. In my opinion, it's never been correct. Maybe for, like, bigger cities it's the case. But I like to check out what everyone's saying, and then see if it happens, and it almost never does. Amazing. And I want to hear what you think about the projected trends. Let's do our antiques horoscopes. (laughs) (laughs) Antiques horoscopes. What does the future have for antiques? So one of the things that I was most surprised to see on multiple predictions, the return of classical English brown furniture with a heavy focus on neoclassical, but including more ornate pieces such as Louis XIV. Is this because all the dark academia children are finally graduating college and decorating their apartments? Ding, ding, ding. Give the man a piece of classical English brown furniture. Uh, That and the sweep of cottagecore has led people to believe that the warmth of a good, solid piece of wood furniture is going to come back. God, if only. Yeah, I mean, uh, spoilers, I'm actually really hoping a lot of these do happen. This is like, (laughs) I'm I'm done with white, you know? I'm done with white and cream. I'm over beige. I'm over beige. Don't fucking at me about ecru. I'm over beige. Grage made me very (laughs) grain-gree. Which is good sign specifically for upholstery. The prediction is jewel tones, earth tones, and brights. Oh. So we're predicting that 2024 is going to be very bright and fun. Tons of bright and fun in 2024. Again, really surprised that people were actually agreeing on this. The idea of bright statement pieces was like across the board. Interesting. I'm excited for this. I'm a little less excited because I saw a lot of people referencing 70s colors. Oh no. Which like, no thank you. Oh no. No thank you. (laughs) That's not the kind of bright I want. One thing I am super excited for, I like, please, please, I'll make this come true if it doesn't. Uh, Velvet brocade tapestry and other luxury fabrics. Yes. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. I've been so good all year. No more white tweed. No more beige muslin. We are here for jewel tone velvet. Absolutely. It's shocking velvet ever fell into a lack of appreciation. I think velvet is timeless. It's classic. It's luxurious. The upkeep, though, the care and keeping of velvet is so much. It's so much. Less than white linen, though. Fair. As a kind of companion to that bold and bright painted furniture. Aw, hell yeah. Flea market flip is back, baby. (laughs) It's... uh... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't yeah, I didn't see anything suggesting that they wanted like the original paint tones. Although some of the examples that got brought up were and I, I'm actually really excited that this is something other people have seen, the unwholesome leaf green on jelly cabinets. Yes. And I use the term unwholesome, but I'm here for it. It it is an absurd shade of green. I've seen it on at least two jelly cabinets, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. In my mother's home, there is the most sizzling hot cinnamon red pie safe that she uses as a bread box. Very weird color, very bright. (laughs) What I've always affectionately referred to as carnival paint is apparently going to be very in. Now, when you say people are predicting this, who? (laughs) Uh, Martha Stewart. (laughs) 
and thejournalofantiques.com. Okay. And some other home decorators. Anthony Barzillet Freund. Credentials? <laughs> Man. Uh- ah, well... <laughs> He's the director of fine art at First Dibs, which you might know as the high-end version of eBay. Oh, well then. As well as interior designers Jason Saft and Alex Bass. Their bona fides, uh, Jason Saft is a luxury stager and the CEO of Stage to Sell Homes. And Alex Bass is the CEO of the art advisory and interior design studio Salon 21. Ah. Martha Stewart is Martha Stewart. Well, Martha Stewart is whatever poor intern was locked into the box until they produced an article on antique trends. But... Yeah, but they signed her name, so... As for Journal of Antiques, that would be attributed to Maxine Carter Loam, the publisher of Journal of Antiques. My favorite thing about Martha Stewart's input on this was talking about how people were done with mass-produced reproductions, which is rich coming from her. That's a large portion of her entire business is the thing. She ruined an entire category of antiques forever. (laughs) If you're new, if this is your first episode, we're talking about Jadeite. For more information, check out our Jadeite episode. She's the fucking Baba Duke of Jadeite. (laughs) I did find an article for Sofas, Vintage and Modern, What is the Next It to Girl Couch of 2024? And I love that idea. (laughs) I think it's gonna be like one of those conversation love seats where like the two seats are in opposite directions and there's just like an armrest in between them. I would love that they are called tete-a-tes. Yeah. tete tables. I love them. Bring him back. You can have a little verbal tete That's my it girl couch. That is the it girl couch. Part of why I didn't reference it is that, like, once you get out of the weeds of antiques and vintage, everyone just, like, picks the ugliest shit possible, and then they say, like, oh, so on trend. I love when Balenciaga makes a plastic bag and strangles me with it, like... <laughs> it's so avant-garde. Yeah, and I'm not interested in that take. That said, people also make a lot of heinous things trendy in antiques as well. Because we're still not out of the mid-century modern woods. No, we're not, but we have shifted continents. The prediction for mid-century is that it will remain supreme, but it will become Italian. Okay. Italian mid-century kind of focuses more on, like, stable geometry. Okay. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it because I don't brook in mid-century modern, so I don't know how to talk about it. I'll put it in common in D&D. Where Swedish modern is very wiggly, Italian is very square. Okay. It's still that nasty shade of burnt orange that I can never forgive. But it is square. It's square. It's like a little bit more demure. It's less like weird on purpose. Which actually makes it worse to me because now it's boring, but like, hey, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum here. I am. Ken is. If you know anything about Ken, you know that he's here to yuck your yum as hard as possible. And you're just gonna have to deal with that. Do you disagree or not? Write in antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. Do you want to yell at Ken? Uh, Actually, he only reads it if you leave it in a five-star review, so. (laughs) (laughs) Can we trick people? No. No, you guys are untrickable. You're also smart. So, so smart. Mid-century is still going to haunt us, but I guess I'm excited to see some change, something different. No more extremely expensive variations on Ikea. Would you say when it comes to vintage furniture, it's hip to be square? I would say that I'm going to take that Balenciaga plastic bag and put it right over my face. (laughs) Here I go. (laughs) Oh, we do have fun. (laughs) Watch, I'm making this joke. Someone's going to be, someone's going to contact us and be like, uh, that Balenciaga did that three years ago. You're so late to the joke. (laughs)
an antiques podcast coming in with a vintage meme? <laughs> God, we really are like slow pokes where we're just allowed to not know what's going on and we can just wave it away with like, whatever, we're antiques people. It's fantastic. So across all of those sources, I saw the word cottagecore. So I guess congratulations, weirdos, you made cottagecore mainstream. It is very funny to me that they're only just now catching on <laughs> to cottagecore because it's been like 10 years. It's been a while. It took 10 years, but we are here now. Uh, the suggestions are, of course, for Earth Tones to play with bold and brights, which I am broadly in favor of. Obviously, vintage art is always in style. That's not a trend. That's a stable. But they are looking at the focus to be on pastoral scenes and florals, going with the cottagecore trend. Dare I say capricios? Or the plural is caprici. Uh, could you come again? Gesundheit? <laughs> Fun fact, I don't speak Italian, but I did have to read a lot of it for reasons. That's like biscuit that has like tomato and burrata on it, right? Yes, it's delicious. No, it's capriccio or capriccio. Capriccio. I don't remember how the double C is pronounced. But basically, it's a style of painting in the Baroque period wherein instead of painting the landscape and buildings that were actually before them, Painters invented landscapes that didn't actually exist and were surreal in nature because they were more vivid and more fantastical and more brilliant and more haunting than anything in reality could possibly be. So it's a lot of, like, ruins that don't exist and forests that don't exist stacked with, like, fantastical creatures that don't exist. That sounds awesome and I'm dismayed that I didn't know about this before. So am I. But I'm predicting that's going to be huge now. That sounds very <laughs> on trend for cottagecore, and now I'm going to look everywhere for it. It was really popular in Baroque Venice because at that time, politically, they were making a huge push to acquire more property on the mainland so they could have farms to feed the population in the city with something other than fish. So the aristocracy got really into buying land in the countryside and then were like, I want paintings of fantastical countrysides. And then production of these paintings became very popular within Venice. Huh. Well, thank you. Out of curiosity, do you know where I could get like a, a high quality historic romance about Venice? Uh, nope. <laughs> well, a fantastical one, much like one of your Caprazios. The Italian's going to beat us to death. Olivia, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Olivia will beat us to death, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think every time we said that word, we pronounced it differently. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> Not once did we hit up on the actual pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Another entry is the antique quilt. This seems stupid to include because I think quilts are second only to fine art, one of the most long-lasting, stable, beloved antique artifacts that you can encounter. So to say that they're going to be on trend is weird. You know, the sweetheart of American folk art for ever since America? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that antique quilts have ever been off trend is the thing. Precisely. I think it's weird to say that they're going to be on trend because I think an antique quilt is one of the, like, keystones of especially American design. Next you'll be telling me next year people are going to be into food and family. They're going to be into food, family, and pretty art. Like... <laughs> Yeah, a good good news. Quilts are not going anywhere for 2024. Fantastic. This one surprised me. 18th century American pieces. Oh. So we're looking at Shaker. I was going to say that's Shaker's. Why don't they just say Shaker? That's Shaker. Sh Again, Shaker has also never been out of style. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I guess it's just that, like, brown furniture. You can't wander within a hundred yards of an antique store without somebody coming up to you demanding to know where the shaker furniture is. Yes, that's true. (laughs) I think it's just considered a trend because there is the previous decline of brown furniture. But even in the midst of that decline, shaker never went unsold because its square shape allows it to blend in really well with mid-century modern. Yeah, it's very light design, but it's still very well made and handsome. A chameleon of all sorts of styles you could dress it up with. It's almost like it doesn't have much personality on its own and isn't really worth looking at. That is such a mean thing to say. (laughs) And I'll thank you to not say it. Should I apologize to the shakers? Yes. Say you're sorry. I'm not sorry. That's the opposite of apologizing. (laughs) I'll never apologize. You just did the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that damage has been done. Give me Baroque or give me nothing. Kind of going alongside the, huh? Is that not, was that not always on trend? (laughs) Turkish rugs. Oh, you mean the thing we did a big episode on because they're always popular, even in terrible condition? (laughs) Because... They're always gorgeous, popular, beautiful, and a worthwhile addition to your to your home. Yes, <laughs> those. Because they're handcrafted by highly skilled artisans for centuries and hold up extremely well and are beautiful. <laughs> In Martha Stewart's Ghost Rider's defense, Turkish rugs are more strongly associated with bright and bold colors, which seems to be the palette. Right, but they've never not been in fashion. But they have always been well-regarded and fashionable. There's never been a year when everyone says, burn all the rugs! We're done with them forever! Put them down. (laughs) We're never gonna need these again! So yeah, good news everyone who collects fine, beautiful works of handmade art (laughs) on trend for 2024, (laughs) which I'm sure is what you were concerned with when you invested in a piece like that. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, I, I'm kidding. This kind of prediction stuff can be sort of useful if you are, you know, stupid, doing some high volume oh. business. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, it seems like a lot of think for five minutes. Okay, good. <laughs> Ken will be mean to you and I'm not going to stop him. I'm sorry. Powerless to stop me. We love him the way he is and he will not be censored. <laughs> For five-star review, I will stop. <laughs> 100 five-star reviews and Ken will be nicer. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, Ken, you can't just go for one. You've got to do, like, YouTube. You know what? You're right. Oh, and then can I film a YouTuber apology? Yes. And then it, it'll, it'll be about nothing that you actually said. <laughs> In fact, you could just say another offensive thing. I'm sorry for being so correct about shaker furniture. I realized that was very difficult for you to hear the truth unfiltered. Yeah, I never wanted to make this video, but... <laughs> I'm so sorry about your bad taste when you bought that shaker furniture and that you're stuck with it now. (laughs) I love shaker furniture. You're safe here with me on this side of the podcast. Go with D. D is with you. (laughs) When the devil that is me whispers horrible things in your ear about your furniture, know that D is the angel on your other shoulder. When you only saw one set of footsteps, that was me carrying your shaker furniture for you. (laughs) When you only saw one set of footsteps, that was because I left. It's because Ken walked away. Because <laughs> I said, fuck this. He didn't want to shop with you anymore. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. He walked right into the ocean. He said, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> the prophecy fulfilled. He threatened it so many times and now look what you've done. 
Here's what I'm super excited for. We have a focus on weird, large, ornate, and or sculptural lamps. Oh. Have the children realized they need lighting and they want it to look interesting? Yes. Kind of following the bold colors, jewel tones. I think a one-of-a-kind, unique, and statement-type lamp is just the thing. I love weird lamps. For years, my mother had a pair of Casa Cristal vintage... <laughs> Casa Cristal vintage rhinestone lamps that had little cherubim who had a, a big can headphones on. Oh, hell yeah. They were amazing. <laughs> they were huge. And I'm really excited for other people to discover the joy of having just an extremely strange lamp in your home. <laughs> yeah, overall, um, I'm seeing a trend towards decorating how you want, which isn't a trend, to clarify, but... <laughs> I'm not going to argue with it if it brings maximalism back. Yeah. Make stuff worth looking at. Make stuff yours worth looking at and high quality. That's what, like, I think everyone wants to take away. Just stuff that lasts, stuff that speaks to you, and stuff that you can look at and go, huh, there's something going on in here. My optic nerve is actually doing something for once. (laughs) For side notes, we also have textured and heavy amateur pottery. When they say amateur, do they just... Do they just mean hand-thrown? They mean hand-thrown, yeah. Okay, so that's just not machine-made pottery. Yeah. They just want handmade pottery. That's not amateur pottery. There are professional potters. They're skilled artisans. Like, it's very fucking rude. That's true. To be like, oh, I like this. This was made by a fucking amateur. That's why it's perfect. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) That's why this was lovingly handcrafted and designed in a way that is both pleasing to the eye and practical for my home. It's because a fucking amateur slapped it together in an afternoon. Fuck off. (laughs) So glad I shared this list with you. Fuck off. (laughs) But yeah, the the texture and weight of a hand-thrown pottery is going to be in vogue. Yeah, because it's gorgeous and timeless and perfect and goes with everything in my home and is also practical. Yeah, and lasts forever if it cared for appropriately. Fuck off. This is gassing me up. We got ornate frames. If you need some, I am so fucking here for you. I have so many. I am creating crafts around the idea of repurposing ornate old frames. I'm drowning, and if these are going to be stylish again, oh, thank God I'm saved. (laughs) Have you considered putting them on the Etsy? I, they are a nightmare to ship. Oh, yeah. I started taking pictures to do on Facebook Marketplace. For, like, local pickup? For the, like, three people who will be serious. Yeah. yeah. just so they can come get it. Because a lot of them are plaster, and I just don't trust them in the mail. Yeah, that's fair. And the ones that aren't are enormous, and I can't afford them in the mail. And for our final little, our side pieces, chess sets and vintage books. Looking to make a comeback. Now, you might be saying, did vintage books ever leave? Well, no. <laughs> but... If people are talking about it more, then that serves, that serves my purposes very nicely, so I'll take it. Speaking of the official Antiques Freaks Etsy. Speaking of the official Antiques Freaks Etsy, I got a nice new professional light, and we are going to flash the fuck out of some of these. We're selling books, to be clear. And jewelry. <laughs> and, incoming soon, I just got it out of uh, stain treatment, at least one scarab beetle chocolate mold. Hell yeah. Tell me if you ever find another one of those kicking around. <laughs> So what do you think, Ken? You think 2024 is looking good? I mean, I'm excited for people to appreciate Capriccio's and Baroque furniture again. Same. I'm also excited to learn how to pronounce Capriccio. Yeah, our all of our Italian friends. Hit us up and <laughs> correct us, please. 
so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if this pans out. Uh, I really hope it does because really this outlook is one of the best I've seen. So much color, so much personality. Bring maximalism back, hashtag. Hell yeah. And buy my vintage books. They're going to be on trend for 2024. Etsy.com slash shop slash antiques freaks. Those are the trendy antiques. Sources for today include MarthaStewart.com, Collecting Antique Trends, JournalOfAntiques.com, What to Look Forward to in 2024, Veranda.com, Most Valuable Antiques 2024. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly, antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. You can check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you liked all of the mean things Ken had to say to you and your personal taste in Shaker and mid-century modern today, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us exactly 100 five-star reviews. Fuck you. Take it back and say you're sorry, you might say. Ideally 100 times. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we read and review the chapter of the Victorian Penny Dreadful, Varney the Vampire, the Feast of Blood. Special thanks to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.